What's up, guys? My name is Ashley Horner. I want to welcome you today to the Reborn Podcast. I have my co-host, Lena. Um, and we have a special guest on today. We're here at American Brew, the coffee, whiskey, restaurant, bar in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And if you're local or if you ever happen to vacation here in Virginia Beach or just passing through, make sure you stop by and come visit us for, I think, the best coffee. I make really good latte art. Yeah, your latte art has improved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it used to be garbage in the beginning, but we're working on it. Now I'm up to like peaches, sometimes a little heart, sometimes it's a balloon. You never know what it's you're going to get. Different. So hopefully your barista will be Lena and then she can give you a peach. Yeah, I'll definitely give you something that's... that you can Instagram. <laughs> Don't worry. She has to tell you what it is, though. Yeah, it's right. always different. It's abstract art. Okay. Yeah. Uh, latte art's hard. I've, I've watched videos. It's really just time. Time doing. I get pissed. Yeah, I get pissed it can watching be people do it. I'm like, why does it look it so, looks so easy? It so easy, but it's not. It's, it's bullshit. Not. They're lying. So we have on the show today Tyler uh, with Falco Canine up in Boston, Mass. Um, and he came down to visit me, uh, was it yesterday? You drove through the night? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk everything canines. We're going to talk shop, business, um, what it's like having canines. I guess all dogs. All yeah. types of dogs. Um, and then, you know, I have two Belgian Malinois who, if, if you're not watching the video and you probably can't see them, but they're both laying down beside me and, uh, Lane is next to bones. <laughs> is it intimidating? A little bit. Uh, you know, I never really grew up around big dogs. I've had Maltese's and little white dogs all my life. So <laughs> going from a little white dog to seeing like this black, uh, German shepherd looking dog with big old <laughs> teeth. I'm like, oh, fuck. So it's a little intimidating, yeah. but I know you're always in control. So yeah, it's not control. as scary as lot. it seems. No. It's a whole lot of trust in Ashley. Oh, yeah. I, I got him. He's good. I, I had a talk with Cadman before, you did? before the show. I was like, look, you got to behave yourself. Yeah. So what? for the longest time, I thought his name was Cabinet, like a <laughs> door. Because everyone's like, oh, Cadman or oh, Bones. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then cabinet. someone was like, it's Cad Man. I was like, not Cabinet. All right, that makes sense. Just just call him Bones. Yeah, I'm like, Bones is way easier. Bones is easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he has a couple different names. Bones. Yeah. His original name was Cash. Cashes. Right. Um, but because I have a son, my middle son, his name is Cash. So I had to pick a different name whenever Cadman got integrated into my life. And so it had to be, I feel like now because he's so smart, I could have picked any name but I was encouraged to pick a name that was like a ka and then so I picked Cadman which means warrior and Czech yeah. I oh I didn't know that uh, yeah. he's originally named after the man in black yeah Johnny Cash yep. Johnny Cash Johnny Cash alright so it is um, it is customary for us to always take a shot before we do our um, podcast and Today's whiskey, it's uh, the Breckenridge bourbon whiskey. It's the blend. So um, this one's straight from the Rocky Mountains, which is pretty cool. So here you go. Oh, God. I'm and then scared. what are we going to toast to? Tyler gets to pick what our toast is. Today. I'm not toasting to Boston or the Red Sox. Oh, so man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I hope you're not a are fan. Are you a White Sox fan? No, I'm a Yankees fan. Oh. All right. Well... <laughs> Let's just toast to Tom Brady. 
Hell no. No. <laughs> How's that Buccaneers like career not looking out? That's like relevant. <laughs> we'll, we'll he toast is to Raven toast being home. Yeah, after. Raven yes, on yeah. graduating. Ra- Raven is back here um, mm-hmm. in the craziness. So, yeah, let's just toast to Raven. To Raven. Raven. All right, everybody watch her face as she takes this shot. <laughs> All right, That's just a really cool. good one. Yeah. What? <laughs> that was really easy. Yep. I'm I glad still, no I one still, can see my face. Like, I don't really think, though, that whiskey should be taken as a shot. I mean, you can. We've been doing it. My eyes are watering. You can shoot whiskey, but it's yeah. more like, you know, once you develop a, a palate for whiskey, um, I think that, I don't know, it's better to be sipped on and enjoyed. I'm working Absolutely. on it. So I want to kind of talk about first, um, you have never met Tyler. No, this is the first time. And I don't even know if you know the story of like how I even came about No, 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 I haven't, yeah. So Tyler is the owner of uh, Falco Canine up in Boston. It's a dog kenneling, training, um, you do all kinds of stuff. Um, but Tyler was Cadman's original uh, handler. I he, was. He and his first. I was, yeah. So I had a 500-square-foot apartment in South Boston, and I made the decision to start Falco Canine. I knew I primarily wanted to sell protection dogs, and so I actually bought Cadman, who is a biological uh, brother of my female, Nala. Yeah. And so I had started this company and bought him and started training him for a personal protection dog. Do you only do Malinois? Uh, right. Primarily Malinois. Okay. Yeah. German shepherds are just so loud. They whine. <laughs> are they? Oh, it's ear piercing. And then Dutch shepherds, in my opinion, have a screw loose, so I just stuck with the Malinois. Yeah. It's what I know. I just yeah. stick to what I'm comfortable with. How long uh, How long ago was this? Like, when did you start? Because um, Cadman's going to be four. Yeah, so... So, he's going to be four this November, so it's probably September when you started. September 16th, uh, 2016. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just hit our four-year anniversary. Yeah, yesterday we said, wow, and then you happened to be here yeah, delivering me, Raven. Yeah, it was Raven. really cool. Yeah. Um, but then, I guess, how did you get into the, the canine realm? So I started off as a master at arms in the Navy, and for those of you that don't know, it's like a security forces of the Navy. And when I was in my A school, which was like a force protection anti-terrorism school, they had offered Who Wants to Go Canine? And I raised my hand, and I think like eight other people raised their hands as mm-hmm. well. But I knew I wanted it so bad. Why Once did you want it? I had grew up around dogs mm. my whole life. I know that's so cliche. <laughs> my entire life, I was like that annoying little kid that pisses me off nowadays running up to dogs they <laughs> yeah. don't know. But I was just obsessed with them. Uh-huh. And once I found out that there was a chance that I could work with dogs in the military, my mindset was just right on there. There was no way I was going to be told no. So... Um, we sat in on a board, and in the board, there was, like, two slots for a canine. And myself and another guy ended up getting it, and I just wanted it so bad. It's funny now, like, thinking oh, please, back into canine school. Yeah. <laughs> like, they get into canine school, like, every day I'd go home and attach my leash to my dresser drawer in my barracks room and practice my corrections and walking. Atta- wait, attach your leash? Yeah. Like, with, was there a dog attached? No, it was like the dresser <laughs> oh, just... drawer, and I would be like, no, 
heel. Like remembering what <laughs> foot to, to step up, or I practice like yeah. putting my choke chain on a teddy bear because there was oh my three, God. <laughs> there was a gift what system. Can you imagine his roommate room? seeing like walking yeah. in and he has a, a teddy, teddy bear, bear on a chain? chain. You're oh, like, exactly. um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> hey, come on in. How was your day? Yeah, Realize <laughs> into something. All right, my roommate's fucking weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is our first time meeting me. I think she wants it to be the last. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, putting choke chains on teddy bears. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just something I wanted so so bad, and I knew that I was not gonna fail. But yeah. uh, it was, you know, looking back now, canine school was easy, but the pressure was really on. Yeah. And I knew that I had to perform. And in the military, generally any mil- military schools, you get two shots at something so if you fail at something once then you know you get one more shot to try and I actually failed the psychology quiz wow and uh, another thing called field scouting because I couldn't walk straight it's still an issue to this day I have you know I'm I'm all over the place with no alcohol no alcohol (laughs) at all yeah so (laughs) yes I don't know how like how would you you know not that you would get pulled over for drunk driving but like what happens if you and then you're like, no, listen, like, I can't walk straight anyways. Right, exactly. <laughs> just just like, <laughs> check my records. <laughs> well, first, if I got pulled over for drunk driving, I'd tell them, listen, I can't even walk straight sober. Yeah. So <laughs> right. me doing this right now, it's, it's just not pointless. Car, so yeah. Let's just, yeah. let's just skip the test. Right. Um, but I, I failed the psychology test. And now to this day, as a dog trainer, my primary, like my baby is in psychology. Mm-hmm. And I really attribute hmm. that to failing that test and putting all that attention and focus and effort. So... Looking back now, I'm glad I failed those events because I'm like a lot better Like you had to work harder at them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now, like, a good chunk of my one-on-one sessions consist of psychology talk. Like, like psychology with the, the dogs. dogs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I was a handler in Fallon, Nevada for four years. And you have to say Nevada. It's Not fighting Nevada. words over there. Yeah. Nevada. Yeah. So if anybody's listening to this right now, just say Nevada. Nevada. And Nevada. save yourself a punch to the face. <laughs> okay. And so... I've been in Fallon. It smells pretty You have? Bad. It smells bad? Oh, yeah. Is that what you said? It's, 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 it's a Why? tough adjustment. There's, a, there's another town close to Fallon. What is that? Uh, a small town. Fernley? No. Why Fresno? does it smell so Fresno? bad? Fresno? Fresno? That's not right. I think that's, no, that's in Fresno, Cali. California. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, there's Reno... Sparks, Fernley, Fallon. Um, Fallon's big claim to fame is right outside that movie Joyride with Paul Walker. I know Why you are haven't you seen all these yeah, movie yeah, clubs yeah. now. <laughs> There's a movie a Joyride. Movie. They filmed like the first scene where he's at a payphone, and that's their claim really? to fame there. Yeah. So that's a good movie. Every new person that shows up, we're like, do you want to watch Joyride? Oh my god, well, no, I, I haven't seen that movie. You have to so put it on yet. your Netflix my list. I do, yeah. I told Tyler to make me. Like, he keeps making all these movie quotes since he's been here yesterday, I'm and I'm like, I thought I've been doing really good at catching up on all my shows, but Apparently clearly, not. I, no. yeah. And then you talk to me like I got three heads because I haven't seen Axel. Yeah, yet. have you seen the movie Axel? Is that the one with the robot dog? Yes, that looks terrible. It is so good. <laughs> I'm just asking you basics. Like, like, have you seen Forrest Gump? <laughs> Like, I'm making Forrest Gump Ashley. references. You're, you're coming at me with the movie Axel. <laughs> Axel's a good movie. I mean, I thought you'd like it because it has a dog in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for dog sure. robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's different. It's different when you have kids. And I mean, you, yeah. you start getting on their movie playlists and watching, you know. Axel. All the, yeah, Axel. <laughs> yeah. Axel. It's a good show. Oh, don't so, get me wrong. I so love- what, like, so you went to, so you did the Master at Arms, the dog stuff. So you went dogs. Yes. 
And then you got out of the military? Well, so I reported to Fallon. And that's primarily where I was the entire enlistment. And it was really unique because there was a lot of experience in the kennel in the beginning. And they were all leaving within Mm. two months. So I had to soak up all that knowledge. In a short amount of time. Right. And I eventually became like the senior enlisted guy with only like a year on in the kennel. Is that quick for the military just to move up like that? Um, no, no, it wasn't normal at all. Really? No. like Why wasn't it normal? Well, so I was a, a junior guy, mm-hmm. but all those guys had fulfilled their obligation in yeah. Fallon and they were leaving. And so as they were getting more people, nobody wants to come to Fallon. Mm. So it was all younger people that started coming to Fallon, and I was expected to be this subject matter expert. To step in and to be, like, the leader of all these And I had no business, you know, being the (laughs) leader. So I had to pretty much fake it till I make it. And the dogs in the kennels had specific issues that needed to be fixed. And the military is basically like, I don't care if you have to fit a square peg into a round hole, just get it done, you know? And I was making excuse after excuse. And they just weren't willing to accept the excuses. So I, I went online. I booked all the, I ordered all these DVDs from like Stu Hilliard back in the 1980s mm-hmm. and watched how to decoy. And I traveled the whole West Coast and met up with all these trainers. And, you know, through that, I was able to learn specific things. And that's my favorite part. That's really when I say Falco Canine started because I learned how to teach a dog to counter which is basically bite with a full mouth. And that was what made me fall in love with decoying. That's what made me, um, in my opinion, fall in love with dog training. Hmm. And just it completely took off from there. Mm-hmm. When did you move to Boston? I grew up in Boston. So, you just uh, moved so back. when I got out, I just moved back home. Huh. And uh, my first apartment, I was in Southie or South Boston. And that's when you had Cash's, which yes. is Cadman now. Yes, I had my female Nala, and uh-huh. then Cash was born. Yeah. And uh, I got him, and there was actually no dogs allowed oh, God. in there. So how my you, landlord... How did, you, how did you do that? Everyone was cool. I I was above uh, old, like, old school Southie family, mm-hmm. so it's basically just let us do our <laughs> shit, and then yeah. you know, we won't talk about yeah. yours. Just mind your business. Exactly. <laughs> you saw nothing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my landlord had come to fix a bulb. And just saw the door bending, like two dogs basically trying to get a hold of him. So I still have the text message from him to this day, like, what does your lease say? How many dogs are in your apartment? And I, I said, like, listen, I'll, I'll move out. He's what? like, I don't want you out. I want the dogs gone. <gasps> and uh, we, I was able to just work it out with him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so it was. And it you was don't live there anymore. Time. No, I don't live there anymore yeah. now. But Goodness. I didn't get my security deposit back either. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Yikes. Well, so, some of, some of the stories that I've heard of Cash Cadman um, that I didn't know about Cadman or some of his like childhood stories. I guess that you feel like that you're hearing about like your kid. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, he he was, he was a, a little pain in the ass little puppy. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that was that was basically the start of Falco Canine. I was doing board and train, so I would board people's dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I had three crates in my kitchen, and I made uh, my bedroom my office, and I had a mattress on my living room floor, and that's oh just basically God. how so you I basically lived for started a few years. started from nothing. Yeah, but you knew, like I, I feel like it sounds like that you knew from. I mean, this was like obviously when you were a child, like that this is this is what you wanted to do. 
And, yeah. you know, it, it, I think the, you know, they use the analogy like a, like a starving artist. I, I feel like whenever you're passionate about something, it, it, it doesn't matter about the income that you yeah. have because you, like the grind, like you're sleeping yeah. on a mattress on your floor. Like you didn't care. Like you were doing what you, you loved. Right. Ultimately. Like it doesn't matter that you were in a 500 square foot apartment. It doesn't matter that you started your kennel on board and Falco canine started there mm-hmm. as you were like boarding, you know, dogs in a tiny space. Um, and I think that, I think that it's easy to look at how far that you've came and everything that, that you have done with your career and like with canines, um, or even like individuals like me, like you don't see the struggle and you don't see, um, all of the nitty gritty and the hard times like in between. Um, but I guess like, when did you, because it wasn't until this, so I had a stalker who flew into Virginia Beach. Yep. I remember who, you were telling me this Yeah, time. who tried to find me. Um, I had an incident with an old rapper, old rapper Coolio, <laughs> uh, at a bar in Las Vegas. Yeah. You bad. met Coolio? I did, yes. Holy she sure shit. did. I sure did, yeah. And I couldn't, it was, it was in that moment, there were people around me who, who knew me. I was uncomfortable. I was there with like one of my sponsors, like a company that I represented. He was also playing in a concert that night. And so there was this fine line of like, I didn't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. Um, I respected him as an artist, but he clearly didn't respect me and like the boundaries that I was trying to set, like, don't touch me, get off of me, stop touching me. And it took a person that and this is how I got connected with the dog yes. world. This is how I got connected with you know. This is why I have Cadman now. Um, it took somebody from like, you know, there was like a line of people kind of like around Coolio, just like watching this go down, which which also like blew my mind. Like I was trying to be cordial, and I had a yeah. girlfriend with me to be like. Even she was like, you know, just stop touching her, like get off of her. And people, people were, people were watching this and it was like, I don't know if they just kind of thought it was I funny. I scared. I don't know. I feel like a lot I, of people are intimidated by like powerful people or like famous people. Well, They're like, like, I don't want to. I don't know if they, they saw. You guys like, are obviously, giving Coolio way too much credit right now. You yeah. first called him an artist and now you're, you're saying he's a powerful person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the only powerful person sitting yeah. there right there at that bar. Thanks for that one song, bro. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it took somebody from seeing how uncomfortable I was. Um, oh God, they stood it, up it for you. It was actually, yeah, it was actually. I think it was like his girlfriend who I didn't even know, but was like, "Hey, Ashley, Ashley, come here. I got to tell you something. Oh my come God, here." He has some Pulled my nerve. arm from the bar, and I, I was able to get out of that situation. I was able to get away from like everybody just staring, whatever was going on, like with Coolio. And Those I was are the able, best type of women out there. I know. You know they yeah. like see someone uncomfortable, right, and they were like, they "They're were not like, bystanders." Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, you know, people, I wasn't drinking because I had to yeah. get up for an early flight, but we were in and, you know, every, people were drinking. Like, it was probably just kind of like everybody's having a good time. Like, this is like crazy. Like, Coolio's on Ashley. Like, get Coolio all off, you know? Um, and that's when somebody slipped me a card and they said, this, call this company Protection Canines. I that didn't was know the that. first, yeah, that was the first I had ever heard of, um, canines being used as like protection yeah and so i mean it took like a it took like six months or so i think until i was introduced to cadman and cadman was integrated into my life and 
before that though, like I didn't know anything about. Is it a process to get a security dog or a guard dog? It just takes a long time. I mean, you could yeah. probably talk more about this, but yeah. you know, yeah. there it has to be some sort of like matchmaking. They're, I think, yeah, they're dogs. Like, I mean, like when when people usually contact me, they think that like they're interviewing me, but I'm really interviewing them, right? Because it's such a liability. We're talking yeah. about like a living, breathing animal. You know, if you go to the gun store and get a gun, you know, you know that it has a lock, it has a safety, you know, it's not really going to misfire. Yeah. Uh, but with a dog, you know, it, it, there's so much room for error. So you have to really make sure that that dog and that person are, are going to align right. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't import. Um, I What does that mean? Like buy them from overseas mm-hmm. and bring them here at a certain age. I take them as puppies and I mold them. And it's for reasons, just like you said, you had a stalker or you had a bad incident with a celebrity. Um, you know, when I sell somebody a dog, it's my work and my stamp of right. approval that this dog's going to perform. Yeah. And, all the, you know, the canine world is, it can be a very sleazy industry. And you have to make sure that you're dealing with the right people and yeah. honest people because it's very easy to get burned as well. Yeah. Have you ever turned someone away? Like an applicant who's like, oh, I need a guard dog. You're like, why? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I turn more people away than I accept. And it's right. not like I'm acting cocky. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a cocky thing. It's more just that specialty can attract some like yeah. real, like bad people psychopaths yeah, too yeah 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 I, and not and everyone has good intentions we, exactly we've known each other now Tyler for I think a year and a half yeah a little over a year and a half and like have known each other well and you and I connected like pretty quickly you know after I got Cadman and um, I just like I feel like I'm a very confident and strong you are human you are and, and, and Cadman's like, well trained, like, mm-hmm. and I've continued to work with him every day, but I think that it's important that people understand the caliber. Cause just like you were saying, it's like a loaded weapon. It's a yeah. liability. Like you have to understand, like it's not. And, and I think I was talking to you about this, um, yesterday is like, like I have, I have bones. He, I have him for a purpose. Yes. He serves a purpose. He's not just a handbag that I have on my side to like, you know, like, look at my dog or like, this is cool. Like he serves a purpose. He came into my life for a reason because I desperately needed a canine of his caliber in my life. And, and I didn't, you know, when it coming to like with options and plus two, like, like I have kids, like we have handguns in the house and you know, they're put away or whatever, but it's like with, with, with Cadman, I just, I feel like I can take him anywhere with me. I mean, there was a story a year ago of like one of our targets here locally, a lady was going into target and trying to take little kids under four years old out of their cart from their moms. That happened to me. It did. It happened to me as a kid. Someone tried to take me, my mom went, we were in a grocery store and she went over to the was other it, aisle. Were you here in Virginia? Yeah, I was in Virginia beach too. I was like, I don't know, like a toddler I don't know if we were just visiting at the time or we were like li- living here, but yeah. um, I my mom went in to the other aisle, and this was like you know early two thousands. Like you don't really maybe yeah. it happened, but no, I mean, she, but even now, like sometimes yeah. like before, like I would let my kids just kind of run around. Yeah, I mean, my boys yeah. are wild. So she literally went one aisle over, yeah. and she comes back. How and old were you? I was probably like four or five. I was young enough where I could sit in the front of the cart, uh. and someone she saw someone trying to pick me up. <gasps> And my mom started screaming bloody murder and like was like, get the fuck away from my kid. Yeah. He never got me actually out of the car, but he attempted. 
Wow. Man, oh man. Dude, that's so, crazy. My mom's been paranoid ever since, rightfully yeah. so. But yeah. that's yeah. super traumatic. That's I don't super remember traumatic. it, so that's good. Uh-huh. But I can't imagine as a mother, I know, being scared for mm-hmm. your. You see your child mm-hmm. that happening, and, and like it happens a lot, at like at gas stations. It happens but, all the time. And I think I, I've spoke about this before at other, you know, past podcasts. But we become so like complacent with our surroundings. And yeah. just it's easy like to feel what's safe. going on. It's yeah. easy to feel safe. Because you, you think it can never happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's how people get in trouble. It's like you always mm-hmm. have to be on guard, I feel like. Just a little bit. Like, not so much. Yeah, it's good. Like, I just think that you, it's important to know your surroundings. And even now, like, I, you know, I have Cadman. But I, like, I think, like, even more, like, I'm very aware of my surroundings. Um, but without a doubt, like, Cadman's been. How do you think I am with him, though? So you and I have had several discussions. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're, you can be a little bit of a fur mom, but aside from that, it's very yeah, cause rare. Yeah, you, because you've told me you've told me that I'm like easy on Cadman. Yeah, yeah, you're easy on him, and then you know I'll have this discussion with you, and you'll be good for two weeks, and next thing you know, you're like posting like my baby sleeping and you're like what is he doing in the bed Ashley? yeah i'm Give like he's bit. supposed to be this hard charging like hard ass dog <laughs> man stopper and then he's there like getting a pedicure in bed <laughs> like man oh man <laughs> yeah um, but you know i mean like we're pretty lucky to have you as a you know protection canine owner because you're very dedicated to the process uh, a lot of people will spend that amount of money um, somewhere, you know, sometimes upwards to 150000 some protection dogs go for. Yeah, yeah. And they expect it to be just a turnkey operation. But it's, it's not. not. I mean, because I still work with Cadman. Yeah. Every day, a couple times a day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so people just get upset and then they'll want to just return the dog, knock on wood. I mean, we haven't had any returns yet. But it's something that it's just a part of the industry. You know, people will have unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe the dog, you know, uh, pees on the couch or something like that. And they'll, you know, turn the dog away. And it's a lot of money for a personal protection canine. And and I totally understand that train of thought. But you have to train the handlers. And so my process when I turn a dog over is I'll spend as much time with you over the process of that puppy's life. So mm-hmm. when you get this dog, you're already familiar with all these concepts and training principles, and we just check back in. I mean, a lot of the dogs that I've sold come back all the time for sustainment training. I mean, luckily, they've been local. Uh, one's in Texas, but, I mean, he's coming back this summer, yeah. and we're going to work together. So I'm very, very important. Or I'm very, very adamant about the handler basically having the knowledge of a trainer that way these issues can get fixed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you're always working with me. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm always, but I'm open to like, I, you know, I think that it's important that I continue to learn and that I'm continued to be like, okay with being critiqued. And, yeah. you know, I, I, and I, I feel like that, like, you know, I want to be a good handler for Cadman. Yeah. Um, so what do you think the, um, like, who do you think, like, could use a protection canine? Like, is it um, just people who feel like that their life is being threatened? Because aren't there dogs that, that, like, they do other stuff besides personal protection, right? But protection? Yeah. Like, property I, protection and stuff? Well, I think the the best candidates yeah. are, are celebrities, like, first and foremost. Uh, a lot of first responders 
families because they're gone or away yeah. from the house. So if the husband or wife travels right. a lot. Military families, yes. if your husband's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that, those are perfect candidates right there. Uh, unfortunately, just because of the prices on some of them, yep. some of the first responder families can't afford, mm-hmm. you know, an $80,000 dog, which right. I'm not saying they all go for that high. Right. But sometimes they go the route of just buying a puppy and going to a trainer and trying to get that dog to be a personal protection Mm -hmm. canine. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest common misconceptions is that if I buy a German Shepherd, if I buy a Belgian Malinois, Dutch Shepherd, whatever, that that dog is gonna work. And that's not necessarily the case. That's why I'm so specific about the puppies that I select because they're genetically possessed the, the, the potential to bite a person. And I always use the example of you can take me to a boxing gym and I can hit the mitts, I can hit the bag, I can look like a stud, right? And then I'm sitting at a diner or I'm sitting at the American Brew and some guy I don't know just slaps the shit out of me. Right. And I just look at him with a dumbfounded face. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you just do that? And I don't get up and I don't put the boots to him. Yeah, you I don't, don't react. I don't possess the, yeah. the genetic potential to be a, a fighter. Yeah. How do you pick your puppies? Like what, what is like what you look for? Uh, so usually I'll know the mom or the dad. Yeah. And that tells me a lot more than any sort of bloodline. Really? Like, uh, yeah, I don't really care about the paperwork or the yeah. acronyms that are involved in it. It's like, I know the mom, I know the dad. Uh, I focus more on the female or the mother. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. usually what that dog has in them is a lot of the, the potential or the genetics from huh. the female. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically, you know, the selection process. Mm-hmm. Well, w- when I see them as puppies, I'll show up. I'll see which dog comes to me first. I'll see which dog, you know, wants to sort of play or engage and play with me, which mm-hmm. will go after sort of what's like a prey item. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, you know, I, it's, it's a lot, you know, to throw yeah. at them and mm-hmm. make a decision. So I usually make a decision at five, six months old. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if that dog isn't showing me what I want, then I'll just sell them as a house pet. You know, we'll... Yeah. And there's the nothing basics. wrong with that too. No, I mean, not at all. Yeah, and and Raven just came back yesterday. Yes. Yeah. And she was up with you a little bit longer than what? Because originally it was just going to be a uh, four I thought it was going to be like yeah, it was going to be a month or something. It was. So she went up. So I started working with Raven like from the very beginning, and I think that I felt like I really pushed Raven when she was younger. Like I just had these expectations for her. Like I wanted her to like pick things up really quickly. And, um, and I mean, I mean, she did good. Like I I worked with her a lot and then knowing you and your background, I was like, look, I was like, just, I need reps, like lots of reps, lots of punctuality. And so she went up to you. It's like a, what is it called? Like it's a, it's a puppy boot camp or what is it? Oh, it's a, that makes it was it a board so and train. Cute. What? That a makes it sound camp? Yeah. so cute. It's just our, our board and train Your program. board and train, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, Raven went into heat during the yes. board and train uh, program. Yeah. So the Girl. board and train was affected it was. by her going into heat. Mm-hmm. And, and I was uh, so thankful that she went into heat up in Boston because I was like, well, not my problem. Purpose. I'm like, not my problem. She went into heat young though, right? Like a, she's at not even months? a year old. Yeah. No, so she right on pace. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I was I was starting to think you did that on purpose because it was right hard. after. I didn't know. Like, she, I didn't. Come on. Yeah, I know. We like talked about it. Her crate was white one night, and then it wasn't white 
That is so morning. gross. Oh my god! Like, it's natural, no. Ashley. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can't. Everyone. Yeah, and so you know, with your personality mm-hmm. that got you to where you are, like as like an alpha female or entrepreneur. Um, but with dog training, it hurts you because you're so focused about the end result versus respecting the process. Yeah, and that is one of the most common traits of your average pet owner. Like some guys will come up to me and be like, my dog's 12 weeks, not listening to me, not coming off leash. And I'm like, well, show me a video of you yeah. at 12 weeks, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what were you doing at like? yeah, Pretty sure you were just pooping in your diapes and yeah. not being no, a productive member true. of society. That is true, though. But like her being the first puppy ever that I that I had that I was like, OK, I'm going to train her, like work with her. I didn't under I didn't, I didn't know the timeline of like when she was supposed to hit certain mile milestones. But what I've learned is that like, I mean, it's very much like the, the growth or development of like, she's a child a human. Yeah. A like they shouldn't, there shouldn't be any like, Oh, they're supposed to start walking like on their first birthday or, you know, um, that, that there's really no specific dates or like milestones as she was. So, Cause I was so, my biggest frustration with her was I could not get her to lay down until she was about, it was right before she went, to go see you I finally got her in a down position mm-hmm. I had never been so frustrated in my life like <laughs> and at that point that was like I, I just quit I was like I give up like you know she's doing everything else pretty good she knows how to like get in her place and like you know and I just like I that's when I was like Tyler I need help yeah I can't you know so it was good and you know I've had her I've had her for just like a day now but um she's she's great you guys did a good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. you did and, a good uh, job. you know, like with, you know, with dog training and especially what you and I are going to go over today is the communication system, the clear communication system. But with dogs, it goes pretty deep. Now, to us trainers, it's basic, but for the average pet owner. So when we talk about things like classical conditioning, right, Pavlov's bell. Oh, uh, that's some old the, psychology. Oh, yeah, being he's, thrown he's, out he's told me about this the bell before. That's with cool. The food yeah. and you know making a dog basically react to what what's a neutral a stimulus. stimulus. Yeah, yeah. And so when we hear that, we're like, oh yeah, Pavlov's dogs, cool dog treats, right? But we don't realize <laughs> that like we can be classically conditioned. Uh, one of the members of the Boston Bruins that we worked with watched a lot of The Office. Oh my god! And, yeah. Yes, this and is my so alley. it was on Netflix. Like with and his dog, or this was before he got his uh, dog. Well, he had told me when I was sh- telling him what Pavlov's dog oh, okay. and stuff like what classical conditioning was. Mm-hmm. So he listened to a lot of that show, The Office, and on Netflix, there's the the theme song, like the famous theme, yeah. And he would always skip the intro. But one day he was watching; it was cleaning the house, and it was on USA, and the theme song came on, and he grabbed the remote and went to go basically that's funny skip the intro so i mean that's classical conditioning um oh, you know so yeah. it's it's difficult telling somebody how we're going to make chemical changes to the dog's brain applying it to human nature and getting you to understand and once you understand what it is how we apply it to dog training mm. and that's why yesterday we were talking about like the the okay versus the Dude, good that's, girl that's hard yeah, and it That's gets hard. complicated. Yeah, because now I have two dogs. Right. It's like the dual training. Yeah, and once you have that eureka moment, 
you're going to get it. You're going to understand it. Yeah. And you're going to get bit by that canine bug. But if you don't You said I'm going to get bit by the canine? Yeah, bit by the canine bug. Oh, by the canine bug. But you can get bit <laughs> by like, the canine, well, yeah, too. She did, yeah. like, get my hand yesterday when <gasps> she was trying to Raven. get a ball. But Yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's also interesting. I think that's, like, why I'm really intrigued by just, like, I think that because I never kind of because I am into training them, I would mm. never feel confident to take somebody else's dog and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, I got your dog." You need to take my dog. No, no. But I love learning with my canines that I have and teaching myself. And I think that it's it's definitely kind of like a challenge for me to understand like how does a dog think and like the mental like the mental capacity or like the mental things that a dog goes through to like to get it to do like what you want it to do. So, I mean, they're just, cra- and you know, mouths are crazy, crazy smart. Yeah. And I mean, mouths are, it's almost like cheating for trainers. Right? Why? Because, because they're so like, smart. They're so it, easy. You know, it, like dogs are dogs. Their communications like is the exact same, but mouths have like a Ferrari engine uh, versus, you know, some yeah, dogs my dog know, have the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Volkswagen. Gets scared by his reflection. You you have a dog? Oh, I have a dog. Um, he's dog? the love of my life. Aww. His name's Petey. He's 14. Kind of he's a Maltese poodle. Aww. And the day he goes, I'm going with him. Like, we're going back. Aww. We're like, we're going down together. And he's 14? He's 14. And you've had him ever since? Oh, my God. I, yeah, I think I was like, oh, God, how old am I? Yeah, so 11 years. Wow. So, he's stupid, though. Yeah. I love him. He's people, really people pretty really to look at. really close to their dogs. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm in love with him. Yeah. I cry. My mom sends me photos. One time I was at the brew, and I started crying because she sent me a picture of him in a bow tie. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. She's, like, my worst nightmare. Yeah, I probably, <laughs> probably the worst person to have, yeah. like, a protection dog because I'm like, it's okay. Like, you can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, like, what makes or what I find like what a common denominator of a lot of great trainers is is they've gone through a lot of trauma in their life whether it be childhood whether it be like you know their first responders uh, such as myself with part-time dog training Um, and so they've practiced these principles on themselves through their recovery process and so they apply it to dogs and it's almost like they're crazy about the dogs that they're training because they care more about them they see that in themselves and so their job performance reflects from it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like a basic, you know, commercial store pet training service where a 16 year old girl is clicker training your dog. I'm talking about like the guys that are women that do like behavior modification um, and, and can make some huge changes in, yeah. some, in dogs' lives. Yeah. Um, so you've had Falco Canine for, it was your four year? Fourth. Fourth, yeah, yeah, four years. That's awesome. So what, like, what's happened between you've started the 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 business, the company, and I just kind of like want to talk a little bit about like kind of switch over to like the business aspect of things. Oh yeah, uh, so we've been in our commercial location for about a year and a half, and so at first it was just me, you know, training dogs. Um, my family construction business had gone under mm. and mm. Um, you know my my mom needed work mm. and basically I started a hiking service for her and her and my aunt did oh, that and awesome. they actually did awesome and so well, they I was would in, take people hiking or what 
they would take uh, the dogs hiking. They oh, would take oh, yeah. four dogs at a time, and they were clients Very of cool. mine, so they would take them um, to a local spot called the Fells or the Blue Hills Reservation in Boston. Uh, from there, I found this commercial location, and it was a huge, huge financial burden that I was about to take on. It's a risk. Yeah, is, and is I, it a risk every time you start a business? Now? Yes. Yeah, and um, so paying just short of about like 11000 per month. And obviously, I wasn't making that training people's dogs how to sit in a baseball field. Yeah. So I just doubled down on myself and my nephew, Jake, which you met, he came on. And it was a really, really stressful time. We were averaging like 18-hour days when I was at wow. the firehouse. My mom yeah, and my you're, nephew. Yeah, because you're also a firefighter. Yeah. And uh, so my, my mom and my nephew had to cover for me. And on the weekends, they would have to come in. And like I'm talking eight, like actual legitimate 18-hour days. And so, How many dogs did you have then? Oh, man. I mean, I had two protection dogs that were for sale and the rest were just dogs coming in dogs boarding doing the boarding train and oh, so you just didn't start off just doing security so you had boarding and you did the training yes okay so and you like still have like bit. doggy daycare yeah so we have what's called no. the, the the day school yeah and that that also was was a service that we were offering in the new space so it's structured daycare with training so it's all dogs that have come to us or one-on-one -on -one sessions or group classes. They know the basics, but they're not being sent to just this free-for-all daycare yeah, where they're developing yeah. bad habits. We're actually maintaining some of that. Training. How did you? Uh, how did you market yourself? So I was like from huge... the beginning, like going from like your apartment, and then you were like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, go uh, get I, this space. Like, I rented. Uh, I have friends that were huge Gary Vaynerchuk fans. Okay. And so I bought the. Crush It book that was written in 09 and it was primarily social media based and from there you know he had come up with a updated one but Gary V was primarily my main like go-to guy for marketing and hustling yeah. and everything like that Is and he so, an, he's like a entrepreneur sort of type because yes. I'm not I'm not familiar with Gary yes what was his name uh Gary Vaynerchuk so Vaynerchuk. he's big about just hustling yeah um marketing yourself on social media different strategies do you think that he kind of mentored you in a way to like he got me to space. a certain point yeah. and and I feel like I outgrew him um as soon as the company started to really grow and I actually now have a mentor slash business coach, um, Justin Garcia. Or he goes by Master Chim out of the Bronx in New York. Mm -hmm. What and does he do? So he owns an MMA gym. He's also like a life coach. Uh -huh. And he has a lot of programs based towards like men. Uh -huh. And um, as soon as I started going to him, like our sales um, Interesting. just skyrocketed. And he's all about like tribalism. Yeah. What does he does he specialize in? Just like small business or like what? Uh, small. Yeah. Small business as well as life coach. Just life coaching. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. And he's such a powerful guy to be around. Like yeah. I, really knowing him and and joining, you know, this group uh, with like Katie Matthews, who you know yeah. has been really life changing because, like. It, it just owning the business just became so stressful. Yeah. And something that I personally deal with is like anxiety and depression. And as that burden continued to grow, it became physically af affecting me right. and it was crippling. Well, there was something that you said earlier about 
Like the dogs don't care if it's the day of Jesus. Right. So I mean, you, do, you literally have when, when you're caring for dogs, live animals, like you don't, they don't know that it's Saturday or Sunday or that you should have a day off. Yeah. Or, you know, like they, they don't have a day. There's no day offs. Yeah. Like, and that's, you, that's actually in our employee handbook. Dogs don't give a fuck if it's Jesus's birthday. Like <laughs> yeah, you have you to work. And so what happens is I spent so much time in what we call like the technician role. Yeah. Right. And, and I was doing the day to day one-on-one sessions, daycare, um, like all this stuff and I'm working 18 hour days that I wasn't being an entrepreneur. I wasn't being yeah. a business owner. You yeah. felt overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, ex- extremely yeah. overwhelmed, yeah. and it's understandable. and I just tried to to cope with it, in uh, probably the worst way possible. I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing, but I was drinking a lot, and it only just got worse and worse until I I got to a point where I wasn't able to swallow oh anymore because the anxiety had overridden me. And as a first responder, going to calls and somebody's having a panic attack, you're like, just breathe. Yeah. And you're like slightly annoyed that you're there because you're like, come on, just breathe. And then I started struggling with it. And I was like, holy shit, this is a real problem. Yeah, and so I got a lot more almost. empathetic. And so through going to these Master Chim uh, courses and I have meetings with him every week, it just, it's not therapy, right? Like it's not sitting on a couch. It's, it's actually making changes. And making progress. Yeah, and learning rituals. <laughs> so I was subconsciously you know, working out, developing new rituals, and then falling back into my old ways. Mm-hmm. Did you think and it was hard to start? Absolutely. Just like helping yourself? Because I feel like not a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I got better, I got clean. But no one wants to talk about, like, that beginning where it's like, okay, you finally just hit a point where you're like, all right, I have to. Like, yeah, and it, then you get through it. It's, it's a muscle that you need to train, yeah. just like anything else. So um, I had gone to a workshop with him and KD, uh, Katie was also going through some stuff. Now, who's Katie? Uh, he's a dog trainer okay. in Florida. He's a part of our okay. group called like yeah. the Canine Kindred. Yeah, and I know Katie. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Tough love. He is. Tough he is. love. Tough love. Tough love. He's he's a good. He's good though. Like if you're into dog training or anything, like definitely. Right. Check him out. And yeah. just just spending that time with them was so powerful. Like his the model that we use is pressure to power. So now every time I deal with stress. Like, I feel almost grateful now because it's a chance to get better. Right. But so... That's a beautiful thing. Having those things explained to me, learning rituals, learning formulas, which are things that I do in dog training, but never applied to myself, Mm -hmm. I became just a completely Mm -hmm. different person. And that's where I met Katie. Mm -hmm. You know, I was the best version of myself when I met, you know, my girlfriend who now lives with me. Awesome. Keep making yourself better. Yeah, there's something, you know, we we get stronger through our struggles. I think that um, it's it's hard to kind of explain, like, truly what that means. Because you, you hear all the time, like, you, you know, you grow through adversity. But honestly, like, unle- it is it's true. So but true. I feel like, it, like, unless you really... And unless you really go through things and people go through things and, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how big or how small the, the mountain is. It's still a mountain that you're having to climb. Yeah. And whenever you get to the top, you're probably not going to be there for very long because there's going to be another mountain in the distance yeah. that you're going to have to climb. Yeah. 
Um, how many employees do you have right now? We're up to about 14. Wow. 14 employees. 14, and that's yeah. That's from your nephew and your mom? <laughs> and your, yeah, mom, your mom's still there. She still helps, She right? is. She's, she's kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she's 68, um, and she just, like, works circles lady. around everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. We actually had some kid from the National Guard working for us, and um, at the time, we were getting our floors done, so our daycare had just like we had walking at castle island playing at castle island and this kid he's like 18 he's complaining about the heat saying that he's tired doesn't know how much longer he could do it wants two more dollars an hour and my mom just turned to him like should i be worried about the military oh my the future gosh. of our Go nation mom. if you're the one wow and so yeah he he he, he left you know yeah. it was just too couldn't, much for him yeah couldn't couldn't fit the bill yeah how, how how are things during COVID for you up in Boston? Because Boston so, was like pretty hit hard too, yeah. right? So it was really, it was tough in the very beginning because it was the unknown. Um, not only at the fire department, the fire department was a pretty hostile work environment yep. because we didn't have the protection. Right didn't really know what we were up against yeah. and guys well, there, had, yeah and there was like no guidelines really put out in the beginning right. like you didn't know like what you know yeah and and guys have kids yep. with autoimmune you know disorders yeah. and stuff like that so their primary concern was you know what is this how are we right. going to be kept safe and about nine guys on my group actually caught it mm. oh um, i tell them i didn't get it just because i'm a man oh my <laughs> God. i'm way tougher than them <laughs> um but so it was this mass uh, cancellation of, oh, yeah. of sessions, and I and I just saw the emails coming through. Cancel, cancel, cancel. And that was when I really relied on that Canine Kindred group with Master Chim and KD, right. and he gave us like the synopsis. Are you doing vir- Are you doing virtual training still? You were I, a little I, bit. No, I did was a it your little thing? bit of it. Um, you're very limited yeah. in what you can do. Yeah, now. I agree. Yeah, and so uh, not not so much. Okay. That was something that was on the docket. Right, for what I remember I was you talking to doing. me about that. That you were going to start trying to do virtual. You were looking into it. I think yeah. at the time. Yeah, virtual training. And um, I, I basically, you know, it was that fight or flight. You yeah. know, I can lay everybody off and shut down. Or I can focus on us and make specific changes and stay in the pocket and deal with it. Yeah. And that's what we did. Um, and so I have an employee, Luke, uh, who is absolutely hilarious. And he used to work for a news station doing their editing. And so he came up with that Wolf of Wall Street video and like input all our heads on it. And oh it's that God. speech that Leonardo DiCaprio gives. He's like, we're not fucking leaving. And everybody's, yeah, and the whole crowd goes wild. Like, he he, uh, edited my mom's face on a guy, like, flipping off the camera. And and it's just so not my mom. The video is amazing. but Try to keep, like, morale up. Yeah, yeah, we posted that in Mm -hmm. a sense of, like, we're We're staying here. here. Yeah, you know, I I closed our doors for probably, like, three days. Did you come? When were you hired? So I was hired mid-COVID. Okay, so this is the crazy thing is, like, during COVID, and I literally worked my ass off to keep the doors open. Like, it didn't matter. I knew we were going to lose money. I knew the business was going to lose money. I didn't know how long COVID was going to last. I just knew, like... One, I, we had a solid team. I didn't want to lose my team. But I had... We're lucky. We have the window. We what? We have the window, too. Yeah, and we have the window. Which definitely, I'm sure, helps. The walk-up window. But I had people ask me if they could just collect, go ahead and collect unemployment. 
it's amazing, isn't it? Dude, I was like, you know, and here I am, like, I literally just grind all day long. And, and, and these people and, you know, and, and, and the thing that honestly, like that drove me crazy is because there were people out there with kids, with families who, who legitimately got laid off and they have to support their family and they have to collect unemployment. And here we are, I'm literally busting my ass, my team that's here, my management, we are busting our asses to keep our doors open. And they're like, you know what? I think I would rather collect unemployment than work. And needless to say, like those people aren't here anymore. They, they yeah. are the, the ones that asked for unemployment that they're not here anymore. So, right. you know, but I, I just like the, the work ethic. I think that people like, they don't know what it's like to like, you know, I, I don't want to say, and it's not everybody. It's not everybody, but I just feel like that they're people just want like a handout. It's they easy, want yeah. a handout, a People hand love up. Easy. They do. They love easy. When things get hard, when things get uncomfortable, like people will tap out. They're like, nah, nah, fam, this isn't for me. Like, I just like, what? Where's the exit sign? Where's like the easiest road I can take? Mm-hmm. Um, I had people and, tell me I was crazy to get a job during COVID. Why? Because like just because they, of, like, they the, said, oh, why? Why don't you just collect unemployment? And I was like, I I don't want to do that. Right. I was like. I don't feel the need yeah. that I, I personally do not need it. I'm in a situation where, you know, I was yeah. living with my parents at the time and yeah. not to say like, I didn't have anything better to do, but I didn't want to just sit yeah. at home all day. Right. right. Like how, I don't know how people can I do think that, that yeah. would honestly like, like, like yeah, like it was a scary time. And I think that mm-hmm. would have, you know, a lot of people's mental health. It's they've, it's been challenged yeah. because of COVID yeah. and, well, I'm glad that you came here because you've been I'm a, you've been a huge you. asset to our Thank team. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've been awesome. I love being here. I yeah. love coffee. I tweak out every day. <laughs> you said you tweak out every day? I tweak out every day on coffee. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for Yeah, but it's coffee. tough. I mean, small business, you know, like from, from one business owner to another, you know, there there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff that kind of goes on, I think, behind the scenes mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't... You don't really just come out and be like, oh, this is a business and this is like what we're going through. Yeah. Um, but there are things and, and challenges and you've had, you're slowly rebuilding your team yes. because you lost a lot of people and yes. Um, you know, we did. And, and one of the things was starting a, a new, a new business from the bottom is you don't have the funds. Yeah. So sometimes there's more work than your average employee is going to, you know, that is going to have to put out. Right. But, but what I don't understand, it's like if, you know, depending on what they want to do long term. And, and I always whenever I interview somebody like I want to know like what they want to do. And part of the problem there, Tyler, that I think is that people aren't fully invested. Because for me, like if you're going to stay with me and stay by my side and walk through this with me and grow with the company like you will like y- you earn that. Yes. You know, they don't understand like in the beginning of starting up a company like it's scrappy. You're yeah. hustling. There's not a lot of money. But if you stick with it and if you grow with the company and if you literally just give it what it needs, if you give it the life that it needs to grow, like you will reap those benefits and the rewards of that. Yeah, for sure. And, and and one of the things too, and you know, my dad also learned this lesson in business too, was I was thinking with my heart versus my mind. And so when it came time of, you know, oh, okay, the payroll protection program and schedule a meeting with the bank, I didn't know if I was going to get it or not. Yeah. So I had a talk with everybody and basically said, hey, if I don't get this or approve for this by Friday, I'm going to have to let everybody go. 
and everybody looked like they got punched in the gut. And that was very motivating to me. Yeah. But you're like, now, I'm going to work harder to yeah, like make sure that we keep our doors open. But now I have this, you know, mass exodus, uh, you know, of people that just looked at it like a job and wanted me to, to give them more. Like when you ask me for a raise, I say, okay, work more. Yeah. That's all I want. Like, right. I'm not going to give you a, a reward for yeah. doing what I hired you to do right. in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to make more with me, then you're going to work more yeah. and they're not willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So that sob story you gave me about having to live off of canned food for a while, right. I don't give a fuck about right. it anymore. You got to do more. You're, you're not me. You're not willing to be in the trenches and, and stick it out. So mm-hmm. before I was really stressed and, and, and I was going to call you because I knew that that's similar to something that you dealt with as well with a lot of people walking out on you at once. But now I'm realizing in business, whenever I'm faced with whether it's the COVID, whether it's, um, you know, any, like anything that, that puts an immense amount of pressure, mm-hmm. I almost like it now. And it's like that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Right. You don't know how you're going to get to that end result, but you're just, it's almost like satisfying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when the coronavirus hit, I was actually talking to Katie and said the board of health came and shut us down on a Friday. Uh, for not practicing, you know, uh, like non non essential services oh, or something oh, like that, we yeah. could do the boarding and stuff, but <clears> we <throat> couldn't do one on one sessions. And somebody called the board of health on us, and I shut down for like half a day. And I'm like, "Fuck you! You're gonna have to drag me out of here in handcuffs." Right. Yeah. Um, and when I heard about the board of health coming, it was like just this fire inside of me that I loved because I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. Right, but I'm gonna but figure it out. I know I'm gonna do something, yeah. and I know it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And it was just that anticipation of, and that's how, mm-hmm. it's kind of like positive reinforcement with dogs. Yeah. You know, why did dogs hunt? It's that, it's that, it's that hunt. Drive. You know, Dude, yeah. I, I feel like, toy. I feel like that that's when like, I'm literally like, yeah. Cause it was, I don't need, you might know a little bit about this, but, um, um, and I, yeah, like I haven't really talked about it, but it was a year, a year ago, a year and a half ago. I had all of my employees that I had at American Brew laid their keys on the counter and walked out. And I had one employee that stayed behind and this was on a Sunday and I had never placed a food order before. I mean, because I ran business. I had, I had management in place to run the business. I was doing all my athletic endeavors, whatever. You know, whenever I came back in and I was like, okay, we, we need structure. Like I was being more involved. And I really don't think that my management liked that. I didn't think that they, I don't, you know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, 12 people laid their keys on the bar and they, wow. they literally just walked out. And, and I opened the business on Monday because it literally, just like you were saying, it lit a fire inside of me that like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, yeah. but I'm going to figure it out. And the next day, like whenever, or it was on Monday, um, you know, I never even, I'd never been in the kitchen a day in my yeah. life. I had never cooked eggs. I didn't even know how to turn on the, the, <laughs> the grill, grill, right? And whenever I couldn't figure it out, I think there was some tampering with the gas lines or whatever. Um, I, I went to Walmart and I bought griddles. I plugged in the no fucking griddles way. and I made people's food on the griddles until my contractor could come out and tell me what was wrong with the gas line. I love that. I didn't know Dude, that. yeah, because I was like, you know, and I think that just kind of like lit a fire, you know, but behind whoever, like, you know, the old team that I had because they were like, oh, you know, she can't do it. There's no way that she can do it. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're, they're going to walk out. They leave. They, they, yeah, they took money out of the bank account. Wow. They just, they took items from American Brew. I mean, it was bad. They called the health department, but it's like in those moments, like, when I mean that was when I was literally like at my lowest low and yeah. you know it was almost like I have never grinded and I have never and, and the, this is what's crazy is like 
you know, I have a Garmin watch and you can kind of track how many hours you're sleeping. I was maybe sleeping four hours a night. I was never late. A single day, I was never late for work. In fact, I was waking up before my alarm would even go off that day because I was ready to wake up and like literally like on the kick day. the day in the balls. There's, yeah. a, there's like this quote, oh, damn, I can't remember where it's from, but it was probably some cheesy Hallmark movie, but it was like, and it's a great one. It's you can get kicked on your ass and you can decide to stand up yep. or just sit there. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that really hit me. I yeah. Like, you, that's literally something I, you but, have but to that, do that's taken what, every that's, day. That's what life is. So you, 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 you know, and, and again, it doesn't matter. Like you had a, a bunch of employees that left. I had like, basically I had to basically build my, my company from the bottom, bottom up, not up, knowing yeah. anything. You know, my computer was destroyed. They they shredded that's, all of their NDAs. They got into my filing cabinet. They took money from the bank account. But it's like I I, I could have sat there and I could have I could have focused on the negative, right? But I had to focus on on the growth. I had to focus on like, okay, whatever, this has happened. Like you lost your employees and now you gotta rebuild. You can't sit here and just be like have like a sob story for yourself. Yeah. And, you and can't like feel sorry for yourself. I mean, you can allow the anxiety and like the fear like overtake you, but I think that it's an important and as as you've experienced that like it's in those moments like that that's whenever you really find like what you're made of. That's when you find your true strength and you literally learn how to grind like you've never right. grinded before. Right. And and for me, like it's a lot of how do I want to be remembered. Yeah. And for you, I mean, you have your three boys. Yeah, it's like know, the like legacy. What, you know, as your boys grow up and they start to you, you understand. Know, you know what's crazy though is like in that mix, and this was like uh, this was like months for me rebuilding. And I think finally, I feel like I'm at a place where I have my management, like new management involved. My team is amazing, but. In the midst of this chaos, my, my boys were still playing basketball at this like little basketball league. And, you know, and, and, you know, I was trying to just hire bodies. Like I just needed bodies. Yeah. I just, I taught, I didn't even know how really to, to make a, a proper latte. I didn't know how to make proper food. I was going off of what I thought I knew. Yeah. Right. And, um, I would still make the time I would leave for 30 minutes to try to make it to my son's basketball game. And I will never forget, I would walk in there and I would see like, you know, one of them would be playing and one of them would be off the court. And I just couldn't help the emotion and the tears. Like it was almost like I left here, which was literally a shit show of me, like looking like I had my shit together, but I didn't yeah. have my shit together. I would walk into the, where the boys were playing basketball and I would grab, I would see my sons and I would kiss them on the head and behind my sunglasses, I would just start bawling Aww. because I knew what I was going through here, the, the, the hardships that I was facing here, at, you know, in the restaurant, like it was for them. I wasn't going to quit. Yeah. I couldn't quit. I couldn't call I'm my mom and ask my mom to come yeah. help me. She didn't, you know, like I, I had to do it. I had to figure it out. And, yeah. and that is like one of the, the moments that it was, it was extremely tough. But I had to remember my why. I had to remember my purpose and like why, why, like why would I even like, like why? Why not just shut it down? Yeah. That's hard to not let your struggles affect others too. Yeah. That's like a strong, it takes a strong person. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to let this affect my boys. I'm not going to let this affect my boy's life. You yeah. did what you had to do. You were a tough mom. You like hustled out. And then yeah. at the end of the day, you're still their mom. There were times after the kitchen would close or like we would close the brew. I would, uh, I would sit on the kitchen floor and I would just cry. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh my God. And then, and then, but if my staff was here and like the, as I was rebuilding the staff, um, as their leader and coming in, like as, you know, wanting to be a positive leader and a strong boss and like, this is what we need. And, and people would come on and they didn't really know like the situation of like what was going on. Um, I would have to remove myself and I'd have to come upstairs to the bathroom and I would cry and I would get my shit together and I would go back down and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do today. Like, you know, okay, great. They called the health department on me now. This is what we're going to do to fix this problem. Yeah. Um, It's just, you know, just stuff. But I, you know, you just, you end up pulling through and I'm so glad that I went through all that. And I think now it sounds like that you have a hell of a team that you're rebuilding. Yes. uh, I'm so happy with the team that I have right now. We all get along so, so well. Because it's all for a reason. Right. And and there's not one person there that that won't stay longer hours or come in earlier. And, you know, they don't ask for anything in return. They just want to maintain the culture that we have at the kennel. And I'm so, so lucky. Um, but it's funny that you had, well, not funny, but that you had just sort of mentioned about, you know, you and your boys was my, my dad and myself, uh, we, we became a lot closer Mm. because I was able to understand the struggles that he was going through, uh, when his construction company Uh, had, you know, got shut down Yeah, because he woke up every morning at three 30 religiously, uh, was home at 6 PM. And if I was in trouble, like I was like, oh shit, dad's going to come home. And like, he's a little, you know, grumpy and he's the nicest guy in the world. He's the funniest dude in the world. But when you work that many hours, you know how that goes. And so I was able to really put myself in my dad's shoes and understand what he was going through Mm -hmm. and, you know, call him as a support system. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out of that hole now. And so now I can call him. He shows me up. Too. Yeah. Like he comes to the kennel and he yeah. sees me like, like That's really the whites special. in my eyes. Right. And so he's like, what do you need me to do? We'll get through it. It's yeah. fine. And so having him as that support system and really respecting, you right. know, him working his way to the top and dealing with the recession and everything that followed from it. Mm-hmm. Like I now am mm-hmm. a lot closer with my dad than I ever thought. It's it would funny. Be. Cause I had my mom on the podcast recently yeah. and you know, when my, when my father passed away or whenever he got cancer, my mom had to go into a company that she didn't, this is how the weird parallels in life are, right? Like mm-hmm. we see these lessons, we learn these lessons, like, you know, you and like seeing your dad and learning about your dad, you know, my mom had to walk into my dad's business and it was literally a shit show. She didn't know what to do, but she did it. She did it she did it single-handedly. Yeah. She got my brother. My brother helped her, but she grew. She, she fixed that business from the ground up. My, Cause my dad died almost like so quickly. Like he didn't have a time to like organize things. Like yeah. it just, it just happened so fast. And the whole time, whenever, you know, the fallout happened and like, you know, the sh- just straight up, just shitty people, shitty people. And I kept thinking back to my mom. I kept thinking back to my mom and how my mom prevailed through that time of walking into my dad's business and being like, all right, well, shit, we got to freaking do potatoes today. We got to do this today. Like, like, where are the keys? Like, well, how come this isn't working? Like, why are people just, you know, not paying? And she really just walked in there like a freaking boss. And, and, and my mom was hurting. My mom was yeah. hurting. Cause you know, you just, she you just lose a spouse. Husband. Yeah. yeah. You can just feel sorry for yourself. Don't worry about it, mom. Yeah. Just close the shop. Don't worry about it. But she didn't. She didn't. She she figured it out. And and the whole time, whenever I was going through that, you know, like you kind of probably channeling in your dad and be like, this is what my dad went through. Like, you know, he yeah. got through it. And you know, for for me, like, I really channeled my mom and and seeing what she went through. 
and um, it, it, it got me through. But I actually didn't even tell my mom about everything that really? happened here for almost a year. Wow. And she was, like, super pissed when I finally told her. Because <laughs> she was like, I would have been out there, like, right, I would have been out there the next day. I would have been finding their mothers. Like, what kind of people just do that? And they were taking money from your bank account. They were destroying things, destroying funds. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this no. world, Ashley? <laughs> you know, and that's, like, my mom to a T. But, um, yeah, it's tough. But we grow through those things. And what I think you, it's important. What and, do you think is, like, for both of you, like, business-wise aspect? Like, for a lot of businesses are struggling right now because of COVID, whatever they may be, like... What do you think is something good to take away or what advice would you give to those businesses that are struggling right now to, you know, help them, to motivate them? You're going to get through this. Like, your business is going to be okay. Like, what... what? I think I think for sure tighten things up. Like, if, if you don't know where your dollars are going, like, now's a good time yeah. to figure out where your dollars are going. Yeah. I tighten up and I think that like now more than ever you got to be involved you have to be involved for just for support for yeah. your team you know a and, lot of people and, are scared even employees yeah and you know I I don't know I, I would just say like if you got to tighten up tighten up but it, I think it comes down to like you just got to grind and you have to think like you just have to think creatively as yeah. to like this might have been the business model of like what you are probably going off of like for a while, but there, there has to be, this Some is when like you got to learn how to be creative yeah. and other ways to make money. Like maybe it's going to be selling more apparel, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe that's going to make up more, which we've started doing. We've started selling a lot more apparel yeah. here at the brew. Um, a lot of coffee beans. What would you say? Yeah. I, I would say absolutely tighten up. Um, like make sure that you have, practical systems in place yeah um, because if you spend so much time in in what we call like the technician role you're not being an entrepreneur you're right. not managing or running your business properly yeah. Yeah. so if you don't have functional systems in place then you know you're not going to be operating at your best yeah um you know and and just taking the pressure and and turning it into something um yeah. like like you know, and, and become better. And I personally used it as a way to train my employees because what was happening sometimes is, you know, I was really busy, didn't have enough time to train them. So they were improperly walking dogs on leashes yeah. or they were doing things wrong. So I took that time to spend with them and basically teach them how to train a dog, even yeah. though maybe they're daycare attendants or they're kennel techs, them having that knowledge only makes me a better employer. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's a saying that I've always, I've really hold, held on to, and it's, it's the growth and capacity of your team, of, of the business that you have, solely depends on the leadership that you put in place. Yeah. Like how much you're able to ignite the growth of your team that you have. Because your company, your business is only as good as your leadership and your team, period. Yeah. Period. It doesn't matter. Like, like, let's say like there was just me, which I'm a very average cook and a very average barista, <laughs> but like, if it's just me you and then I have all, and if I have, milk, though. Uh, well, yes, yeah. but you're doing, you're probably, you could probably kill me on the latte art now, you know, am I can, I, that's am fine. I? But like, it, you know, if there's just, you take you, you're great mm -hmm. dog handler. You've been doing it for a long time. But if you, if somebody walks in and then, you know, all of your trainers are literally shit, they don't know how to walk a dog on a leash that, that puts your company, like your company's not going to grow. Yes. In fact, you're going to, you're going to degress. Right. But if you yeah. take the time to really mold your team and to get them or, or put put people in place who will train your team like you want them to be trained. Right. That's when the growth, the capacity of the company continues to grow. 
Right, and and that's where ego, uh, you know, comes into place. Like I, I want to make a sign that in front of the kennel that says like, please leave ego here. Yeah. Uh, I want my employees to be better at me than dog. One hundred percent. And oh yeah, so, I, I mean, I feel like my like I have people in the kitchen who are better than me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, that, like, yeah. you're, you are a dog trainer. Like, I would say my forte has been more like fitness, you know, right. but, but yeah, 100%. Right. My, I've, everybody down there, I want them to be better than me. Because if they're like my level of making like a burrito <laughs> or something, then, yeah. you know. And, and, and it kind of hit me, uh, especially with my nephew, Jacob. Yeah. Like, he's crushing it yeah. as a decoy. And also, like, when I used to walk around Southie, everybody knew me with the dog and I was like Norm from Cheers like hey 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 (laughs) now I walk around nobody fucking knows me yeah and they all know my trainers and they're all friends with my trainers that's when you know though that's when you know that I'm the one on the outside like hey I wanna play yeah yeah but it's it's great and I really needed to look at it from an outsider's perspective Mm -hmm. and be like you know hey some of my trainers are better than me at dog training but like if that's the case I got Falco to a point where we got a commercial position. But now these guys can take Falco to a point where there's oh, yeah. several. 100%. And it was something that I really needed to have that mirror talk with me. Like, what are you mad about? Yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. a possibility in the future? A little expansion the, of Falco? That is the 100% goal. And, awesome. and I think that myself and Ashley are very similar in a sense where, like, like if I achieve something, yeah. I give myself 24 hours right. to be happy And then about you're it. like, what's the next big yes, thing? Yes, exactly. What's you the next big thing? What's and if I'm not thing? under some sort of pressure, uh-huh. I'm not growing and, right. and I continuously need to, mm-hmm. to, to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just whether it's people, whether it's incidents, whether it's, you know, your own personal growth, um, you know, that takes you to that next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just reminded recently, uh, I had a good friend of mine, Pat Beauregard, pass yeah, away right. of uh, stage four colorectal cancer. And every time you talk to him, you would think he was having the absolute best day of his entire life. Mm-hmm. And I never understood it. And, and I didn't really know until, did you, did you ever have like hear of the Caring Bridge Mm-mm. No. It's basically a digital diary for people going through cancer treatments. So people aren't calling them like, hey, what's going on? What's the update? Um, and, and I saw all this stuff that Pat was going through. He was on a chest tube this week. Oh and God. I was trying like, oh, that's why I didn't hear from him. Or he was, he went through 40 rounds of chemo, but with a smile on his face the entire time. And it was so amazing just realizing like he shared so much of that power with with everyone what do you think his legacy is that he left um his his saying was basically like uh hope pray don't worry his legacy is just just really based on mindset yeah one thing that was absolutely incredible was we were able to have a benefit for him called pause for pat last Mm -hmm. fall we raised about sixteen thousand dollars because I was watching Pat go on all these shows, raise all this money for colorectal like awareness yeah, or yeah. research, mm-hmm. never for himself. So right. I started Pause for Pat, which he was originally kind of pissed about. I know. I remember <laughs> you telling me like you were going to yeah. raise this money for him so he could go to Florida to get... And yeah. he was like pissed because he was raising money for him. Like that's how selfless yeah, this guy was. Yeah, he was like, hey, that's you know, pretty- I feel weird. Like promoting yeah. this it's money for me I, I was I thought you were going to do it towards research and yeah he was like life coaching yeah. other people going through the same thing wow. meanwhile he had it you know wow. the worst like that's like a two year uh, lifespan and so 
you know, he got back from Florida. I had read in his diary he was on this chest tube, and he found out that his beautiful wife, Amanda, was pregnant. Oh. And so Amanda had Noah, I believe, on July 10th of this year. And all these surgeries that Pat was having was basically to prolong time. So Give he got to spend with his son. And, you know, I fell back a little bit when I heard about Pat's death because mm. I was felt sorry for myself and fell back into my old ways a little bit. And I established, you know, it just hit me. Like, he would do anything to be with Noah right now. Right. And you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're deep in a bottle. Like, yeah. time to cut to right. shit. And so... It was just such a amazing, amazing experience or just pleasure just knowing Pat because there's so many things that he would have loved to do. And he was big on mindset. We would talk about certain books that we were reading, like the David Goggins Can't Hurt Me book um, mm-hmm. and, and just all these. He was just a, an amazing guy. Yeah. I think that's such a, just his life is just such a testimony yeah. to making the best out of every situation that you're in. Yeah, and. Um, you know, whether it's something that's personal that's going on in your life. And, and, and usually, and I like, you know, I like to say, like, everybody is fighting a battle that we don't know anything about. It's so true. It literally costs zero dollars to be kind to people. Right. And we all wake up and we have the choice of how we're going to look at life and what we're going to do when we face certain challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, the struggles that we have in business. And it's through that adversity, it's when we truly grow. And I, I just think that we have such a newfound respect for other people who have been on that same journey and who have grinded and who have been through the struggles and the pitfalls and who have gotten knocked down. But it's really in the moments that we decide that we're not going to take any more shit and we figure it out. Yeah. We figure it out. Uh, it was really funny when I first met Pat because he was in the Marine Corps. And uh, I was in the Navy. And then there's uh, like uh, that rivalry that goes on. <laughs> so I met Pat. Paul, Pat's like this tall, handsome guy. And I'm training his puppy, Ruby. We hit it off. We like exchanged numbers. Like just for dog training, by the way. Like uh-huh, he uh-huh. just, I enjoyed him as a friend. <laughs> sure. Okay. And uh, that's the real stories. <laughs> you know, there's a different side to right. dogs. <laughs> and, and then the next time I saw him was October, but it was a warm October day. I think I was in shorts and a shirt, and he showed up in a parka and mittens. <laughs> oh. And I was like, What's wrong with you? I was shitting all over him. I'm like, yeah. You pussy, you're a Marine, and you're yeah. sitting there with mittens. Like, who, what man wears mittens in the first place, even when it's cold, but let yeah. alone in October? <laughs> and he friend requested me on Instagram and Aww. Facebook, and I saw he was battling stage four camo, oh, like cancer, my going gosh. through chemo. So I was like, Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Well, I feel like the biggest <laughs> like, asshole yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, that's good. Nice, well, yeah. I guess, like, what advice would you have for, um, I don't know, like, young entrepreneurs um, that are wanting to start a business or maybe somebody who's starting a business and right now they're, like, facing a lot of, like, hard times well, and they're wondering if they should quit? Well, so, first, like, I hate the word entrepreneur. Yeah. Because I feel like it's so abused it right is. now. It is. It really is, yeah. Um, if you friend request me and on your Instagram it says entrepreneur, I'm immediate no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Harsh. Does mine yeah, say that? I got to check Does yours it? later <laughs> on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it's just, it's, just a, a, it's a title that at one point meant a really, really uh, big thing, but yeah. now is overused. 
Um, but my, my advice to them if they're first starting out is you have to be willing to to struggle and eat shit and you have to be willing to hustle because one day you're going to look back on that and you're going to enjoy it. Um, and I think that you have to be willing to, to be living in that 500 square foot apartment with your mattress on the floor Yeah, and you know, eating canned food. Like it, it, there's, there's a part of the grind that you have to be willing to do. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, what I think also when you're in a position to do so, get help running your business. Yeah. Um, like I'm a very stubborn guy. I am too. And I feel like, cause I've never really had a mentor. Yeah. And, and when I meet like, like guys that show up to dog training with their girls, like are initially a little bit standoffish to me because they think that they can, you know, train the dog. Right. And I'm sure it's something you deal with, with Scott, like on many levels, I'm like, I'm going to paint the walls. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, buddy, there's paint on the ceiling. <laughs> right. Like, we could have hired a fucking professional. <laughs> yeah. And so the same thing goes for with, with business. Uh, I was like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. Uh-huh. And then realizing right. now. And like, you're never of, too good to ask for help. Right. And just. just or to get advice. I really help. actually feel like that I, I really struggle with that, actually. Because I am yeah. the type of person, like, I like to have my hands in everything. Yeah. I, I would like agree with tr- that. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, I like to try to do, it's hard for me to let go. But I've also experienced like, you know, everything that happened, you know, when the fallout happened, I have a still, I have a really hard time trusting people. That was super traumatic for yeah. me. I dealt with like major social anxiety. I mean, you name it, like yeah. I got put through the ringer and it's taken me a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my circle got super small, super, super tight by choice Mm -hmm. and it took me a really long time to trust people or to like to be okay with like asking for help yeah yeah because you know the team the team that i had in place like i i I did trust them i was close with them i thought you know they were running shop taking care of business and then you know it was like the rug was pulled out from underneath me um yeah it takes a long time i think like i i think that's probably where i struggle with now yeah it's like asking for help there was uh, uh, Master Chim had made me read a book called uh, The E-Myths Revisited by Michael Garber. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the audiobook. Like when I say I read, I, I listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing because it's this coach, Michael Garber, helping this woman that runs a bakery. And it was, I felt like the book was made for me. You know, this woman, she wakes up at 3 a.m., she heads to the bakery, cooks you know, works the register, cashes out on the register, grocery shops. But at the end of the day, it's like 11 PM. Yeah. And then she's constantly redoing this cycle. Um, and it was basically Michael Garber coaching this woman throughout the entire book. And all these examples that he was giving was me as a business owner. I should probably download that book and listen to it. It was, it was incredible. What would you guys tell yourself when you, just fresh in the business first starting both of you like what would you tell your old self or your your, your young self before you got in what um, advice would I you would give say them? like for me like I think the hardest lesson that I've had to learn is I would say don't hire your friends okay because and I was really bad at that in the yeah. beginning because I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want to make some money and you're my friend. And then it usually and also it all comes down to like who the person is. 
but it's it's tough. And then when business has to be business, like you have to kind of push your friendship out the door because business has got to be business. And I think like separating the two, business and friendship, it can be hard. It can be hard. There's people that can do it for sure. I've had yeah. friends that I can you know do business with or whatever, and and we're friends, we're friends, and then we're business when it's business. Um, but I, I think that was tough. And plus, like whenever and and they say like don't. I, I think it's recommended that you don't hire your friends. But at the same time, like whenever you're starting up a business and you don't have a lot of money, you kind of need your friends and family right. to help you. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so I, I think it just comes down to like, it's got to be the right type of friends or the right type of family that understands. Yeah. Absolutely. That you still got to work. Absolutely. And and for me, if I were to talk to my younger self, like I would basically say like, no one understand and establish your rituals because I got to such a point where I was lost and I wasn't taking care of myself and I was really far gone. And I established the importance of these rituals and formulas where if I'm you know, waking up and I'm eating healthy and I'm in the gym and I, I find that I'm a much better business owner yeah. and I'm a better version of myself. Yeah, because you've lost a lot of weight. I did. I mean, I don't want to say yeah. a, lot of, like, a lot of weight, but whenever Jesus. I first... No, how, how big was my head? <laughs> no, but I remember when I first met you... I mean, you were like pounding energy drinks, which I think maybe you still do. Hopefully yeah, not yeah, as yeah. enough, but I mean, that's, like, you, you know, know, some habit you can't but, yeah. And then I remember in, and you talk about this, like you kind of had like this reborn moment of like where you started working out again and you started eating healthy. And right. then I remember I saw you and I was like, damn, you look yeah. good, Tyler. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. we're buddies and all, but like, you look good. Yeah. You look real good. Like, what yeah. are you doing? How are you eating? What's your diet? Yeah. Are you working out? <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, you know, I wasn't really eating. I was just on, on that liquid diet before. He's drinking protein powder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so the, the keto diet was really easy for me. Yeah. And back in the military, I was following all these bodybuilding regiments. And that's where, like, I felt like I loved Chris Gethin. That was my go-to mm-hmm. guy. But I would always crash and I was always grumpy. So I just decided to give the keto, dry, the keto diet with the intermittent fasting a go. And I felt like... I'm like amazing. Yeah. Um, and when I started feeling better, I just became a much more productive business owner. Yeah, you're probably a better boss too. Oh, 100%. especially when you started training and eating better. Right. I mean, it, it literally like fitness and like the fit the, the the disciplines that you have in fitness, the disciplines that you have when it comes to, to yeah. running a business, like. When you get can get like your lifestyle right, your your yeah. fitness right, your eating right, your sleeping right, um, it it bleeds over into the business and being a boss and being just yeah. a better human. And there's, I mean, I don't know the direct quote, but it's, it's Buddha and it's like, you are what you feel. Buddha is yeah. at it again. You yeah. are what you feel. Like, you are what you eat. It's like, you are what you feel. I, yeah. I don't think that was by Something Buddha. Something you attract. I don't think that was Buddha. Yeah. yeah. Buddha has a cool quote. Just look up Buddha quotes and then it's, it's in there you'll, you'll get my It's like gist. the third one from yeah. the, yeah. yeah. The top and of the list, uh, yeah. like prior to, you know, meeting Katie, you know, I was in these really toxic relationships and that also played a role um, in my mental health. And when I was that best version of myself, you know, I met Katie, and like Katie's this news anchor on the main, you know, new like channel. Yeah, she 5. has to have her shit together. Wow. Yeah, she does have to have her shit together. And so <laughs> she's waking up like in the morning. She's in the mornings, right? Yeah, she gets up at two fifteen every oh morning God. to go to work. I Jeez. thought I had a bad. Yeah, and she's. Like, I woke up a little bit up. before four this morning. I was like, "Wow, I'm so early. I'm gonna be yeah. so productive." She's waking up at two. Yeah. What time does she go to bed? Oh, and that's been a great thing too. She goes to bed at like seven thirty. <laughs> so like eight o'clock, if I want to spend time with Katie, you know, I have to. You know, you know, be there, and, yeah. and it actually forces me to go to bed a lot early. And Good. I'm, 
I'm yeah. a lot more productive in the yeah. morning. Do you wake up with her at 2 a.m. as well? I mean, hell no. Well, the, <laughs> the dogs wake up. Oh, yeah. It wakes me up, and then, you know, I'll fall right back, back to asleep. Bed. Good. But, like, she's just, like, this really classy, beautiful, educated woman. Then oh. um, my parents, it's, it's really funny. My parents will text her. Or my dad just today called me. Like, I called Katie. I saw she did a story on the bike lanes in Boston. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, she didn't say my name. I, I wanted to give a shit for it. So, like, my parents <laughs> are just, so happy, yeah. that, you know, that I'm yeah. with her, too. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, it go like, whenever you start getting your health in line, your fitness in line. And, right. So, what's next for what's next for you? And where can people find you? And I guess... Do you have to be on the east side to get your dog if, if they wanted to go through the same training like that Raven went through or if they wanted a protection canine? Like, where can we find you? What's next? What's going I mean, on? We, I mean, I can always make it work. I'll, I'll find a way uh, no matter what. Because right, I drove Raven up to yes. you in Boston and you actually drove her back. Yeah, because yeah. we're friends. But yeah. yes, but I mean, it can happen. No, you're absolutely. gonna have yeah, him driving absolutely. to California or like. Yeah, I don't know if you're like you. I don't think you're gonna be driving to California, but yeah, we're friends. Right. Yeah. We're friends, yeah. and you wanted to see your buddy Bones. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, just the future of Falco Canine. We just made an expansion move right down the street. Actually, we just acquired more space. That's so, awesome! Congratulations. Thank you very much. And, and so now that I have it somewhat figured out about what I want to do in that new space, um, I just want to see you know probably around the north side of the city where I grew up, I can possibly open a Falco Canine. Two. A, a second one, but I will say that that I don't have clear systems in place. And I don't have the right formulas right now. So a main part of my focus is really, really getting those in place. And so Falco Canine can almost run like a McDonald's yep. where I hand <laughs> it's you... It's like a blueprint. There's a formula. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blueprint. Right. Dude, that's so important. Like with American Brew, whenever I started coming, really stepping back into the operations and stuff, I wanted... And we have that how-to book down there. Oh, yeah. Like a literally... It's the Brew I, Bible. I, I, the, yes. I, want, I wanted anybody to be able to step into American Brew... And to not know how to do anything and be like, oh, this is how I turn on the register. This yeah. is the steps. One, two, three. Like, it takes a lot of time. And it didn't just, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're adding stuff to that. But, like, putting the systems in place and putting, like, the blueprints of Falco K9 in place. Because once you have that and you have your systems down, like, you can just imprint anywhere. Yes. Anywhere. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So what about on, like, social media and... Uh, so social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook. The tag is at Falco Canine Boston. Cool. Cool. Uh, our website is www.falcocaninebostonorg um, A lot of people give me shit for the .org, but I bought the .com on GoDaddy, and then <laughs> I... I uh, no, the I .org it. is an option. It's always an option. So, like, <laughs> .com I bought on Google. And okay. then I've signed up on GoDaddy, and uh-huh. they were like, "We need your domain name." I'm like, "I don't know how to transfer." <laughs> so that's actually how .org happened oh, with Falco Canine, okay. but I own .com. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So young uh, business. I learned a lot. Oh, every mistake in business uh, that you could make, I've I've made. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Our homework for this um, this segment is I want you, and right now things are kind of crazy. Maybe you were doing something that you thought that you were supposed to be doing, had the awesome office job. Maybe you, know, you were doing what you went to school for. And maybe what we're going through right now um, 
you're realizing that maybe that's not your passion anymore. Um, maybe you were doing that and maybe you lost track of like who you are and what your passion is. So what I would like for you to do is to really sit down and think about what is it that makes you move? What is it that truly makes you want to get up every single day and to work? If there was absolutely no money involved and you could be happy doing something for the rest of your life, what would that be? Whatever it is that you write down, that is what you are truly passionate about. And I believe that if you're passionate about something, you'll learn and you'll figure out a way to make money doing something that you truly love. And so what I want you to do is to reconnect with what you once were passionate about, um, reignite what you are passionate about and find ways to pursue that. Maybe it's not right now in this present moment, but maybe it can happen in the next five years and write out the plan, write it down, make it known, tell your friends. Like, I think that's one of the biggest, um, I don't know. Like whenever you write it down, you, you make a, you have to a visualize goal. it. Yeah. It's a visualization. And then it's like letting, like letting people know, like, this is, this is ultimately like what I want to do. They can hold you accountable life. and you yeah. hold yourself the accountability. Accountable. Yeah. yeah. So do that. Let me know what it is. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We talked dogs. We talked business. We talked, what else did we talk about? Passions. Passions. Yeah. Um, and just get out there and keep grinding. Keep grinding. My name is Ashley Horner. Thank you for joining me so much on today's Reborn podcast. Make sure you download, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, and we will catch you next time. Out. Mm-hmm.